Warning. This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous podcast. What's going on with you, Brody? You know, just trying to just trying to be like those people that say uh another day in paradise, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to make it to that uh to that fin- that finishing point, man. So, you know, I've been, been working on some things. I know I've been saying it for a minute. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? People, people will know what I'm talking about in good time. But you know what I'm saying? I've been, I've been working on some things behind the scenes, man, and th- yeah. things are looking pretty good right now, man. So mm-hmm. can't really complain. How about yourself, man? Man, listen, I ain't been asleep in two days, and I am delirious. Okay, oh, I don't know shit. why I can't go to sleep. I don't tried a whole bunch of different stuff. This is the first time it's been like two nights back to back. But I don't know, man. Maybe I'm gonna have to uh, take a jog or something around the neighborhood at night. You know what I'm saying? See if that help out. Man, I'm gonna tell you what Excuse to do, man. Me. Yeah, you know, take a minute. Oh, yeah, no, that don't work. Look, listen, yo. I had took I had took some Benadryl probably like like a month and a half ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I took the shit about. Because I know what Benadryl do to me. That used to be my main allergy thing, like mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I know it makes you drowsy, but it's been some years because I've been I've been on Allegra. So I took one probably like a month and a half ago back. When I tell you, dude, I first of all I bumped down in my in my podcast chair, like to the point where like my head is like no support on my head, like I'm just out. Oh man, Get in the bed and sleep, and I didn't have to work the next day. So it was because it was like a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Then when I tell you I woke up the next day, dude, I was drowsy until about four p.m. the next day, <laughs> and I took sure. it Let at like you. nine o'clock. If I take that Benadryl, I'm be sitting in that recliner like I'm on lean. <laughs> hey, so I'm telling you, hey, that's what it does, man. That shit will put you down, but yeah, for like me I anyway. Tried, I tried melatonin, that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? I had I got a weed pen that didn't work. I'm like, bro, this is all bad, bro. So man, I don't know, terrible. man. Yeah, I've I've even taken some extreme measures. Yeah, you know listen. What I'm and uh, I don't think, I don't think I've taken some extreme measures, and that didn't yeah. work. And I know if that don't work, oh yeah, it's all bad. Man, listen, I don't think people realize how important sleep is, man. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these rappers try to make it. Especially in the early 2000s, try to make it cool to, oh man, never sleep, man. I could be oh, making yeah. money. Nah, my guy. Like, yeah. even, even, um, I tell you, a rapper who had to go back and change their words, man, uh, Rick Ross, he was on, I forget which podcast he was on. He was like, yo, that whole little no sleep stuff, I could be making money. He was like, nah, like, I don't, I don't subscribe to that no more. He was like, man, that was the reason why my health was failing. And he was just like, yo, there ain't there's only so much you could do in a day. Be I know that whole mindset of, yo, 
I'm not going to sleep right now because there's somebody else that's up and they making money. They're making money moves. That's just like you would hear people say, oh, man, I was practicing on my jump shot till 3 o'clock in the morning because that's probably another dude that's shooting until 4. It's like, yeah, like if you tired, you ain't really going to be as productive as you would have if you would have got rest. So get rest. I hope you get the rest good tonight, man. But I will because I'm telling you now. I'm about to I'm about to go to zero dark thirty. <laughs> just turn everything the fuck off. I'm put some put some noise canceling joints on. Close my eyes and lay there until it happens. Wow, but not dark zero thirty, boy. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it, man. But That's yeah, man, outside of that, everything's been pretty good. That's good, man. That's good, man. So. I Let's found some beef jerky. But you got it. You want to be jerky? Nah, man. You want to know? This is my thing, yo. I if, if it smells funny to me, I can't mm-hmm. eat it. I'm one of those people. Like, if it, if, it, if it smells bad to me, I can't put it in my mouth. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. Respect. I can't. I, 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 that's that's a rule I also agree with. But beef jerky is fire. I don't even. Man, listen. I forgot I had this. Man, I can't. I can't. But, uh, first, first and foremost, I gotta thank you because Uh-oh. this movie that we about to cover, right? Uh oh. This is a damn good movie. Okay. Okay. This is a damn good movie. I was. I was. Uh, I was entranced with this movie. Very much so. All right, man. Look, listen. I, I figured you would appreciate this, man. And, yeah. and what this man is talking about is the nineteen fifty seven version of Twelve Angry Men. Um, you know, the star was uh Henry Fonda with me and you went down the whole Fonda thing mm-hmm. um about the family members that came from him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He had Lee J. Cobb, you know what I'm saying? He was in the Exorcist joint, the 1973, uh, one of the one of the best horror movies I feel uh, to ever come out. That was uh, he the, was uh, he was in that banker movie. dude, right? No, he was he, he was, was like broker. the he was like the cop guy. No, I'm he talking about in, the, in Twelve Angry Men. He was a broker. Dude was he glasses. a broker? I thought, yeah, the dude with the glass. No, no, uh, Lee. Uh, Lee J. Cobb is um, was the was the gentleman that well, he was the last one to flip. Oh, the angry dude! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the angry dude. Yeah, yeah. he was he was uh, he was the la- he was the last one to flip, and um, he was in he was in the Exorcist movie. Um, sadly, I believe everyone that was cast in this movie has passed. Uh, I think everybody is dead. Um, but you had John Fiedler in it. He was the voice of Piglet. Really? Yeah, from Winnie and the Pooh. When That's you funny. think about his voice, you know he sound kind of funny. The short dude with the glasses, yeah, with little skinny dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you had some, you had some people, man, to uh, to do some things out in the world, man. They had uh, Jack Warning in it. You remember the replacements with Keanu Reeves? Reeves? Yeah. You remember the the dude that was the owner of the Washington Sentinels? Like he was the one that taught the uh, Hugh Jackman to get the job. Where he, 
not Jackman, but uh, he's a uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Yeah, the dude that talked him into it. Mm-hmm. He was in this. He was Juror Seven. Okay. So you know, it was it was some people in there, man. It was people in there, but like one of the one of the most fascinating things about this movie, and one of the reasons why I was like, yo, I think he would really appreciate something like this, was just seeing somebody go into a room and then everybody in there have their own agendas. You know what I'm saying? Like one dude, mm-hmm. like yo, I got I got tickets to the game tonight. I'm trying to get a body here. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody is completely convinced. Like, yo, this dude did it. Let's get the guilty joints and let's get out of here. And for one guy to be like, yo, like, I, I just first of all, he was just like, yo, I don't think we should do this in five minutes. Like, right. there's no way that we could determine somebody because it, it was the death penalty. And I was wrong. I got it mixed up with To Kill a Mockingbird. This was an immigrant. It wasn't it wasn't a black guy. It was an mm-hmm. immigrant who was accused of killing his father. Mm-hmm. And and he was just like at first he was like yo I think we should take you know more than just five minutes to determine somebody's life and then once she started started going in there and they started picking at all of the pieces of the evidence that was had and all the people who was the was the uh, people that spoke on the stand they was able to pick everything apart to be like yo we could throw reasonable doubt in all of this stuff man so. What was your what was your initial thoughts, man, when you when you watched this movie for the first time and be like, oh shit, it's that it's right again on another right again, as usual. Uh, okay, so it's two things, right? So the first thing is um the first thing is the the great acting in this movie. Because <clears throat> this is basically like a single scene movie. There's there they literally are in a deliberation throughout the whole movie, right? They go, well, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a single scene movie, but it's a majority single scene movie, let me say that. Um, but they literally go from the end of um, hearing the, the trial, they all go into deliberation, and then from there on out, it literally goes into, you know what I'm saying, what's supposed to go on. So hearing that you know, well, I'm sorry, seeing that I was thoroughly impressed because each character had so much about them that that they let out through, you know what I'm saying, through the whole movie in just that one, basically that one scene. It was one, just one big long scene. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was thoroughly impressed with the way that they built the characters up, you know, with uh, the angry juror, you know, how basically he seen his son in the, um, in the, um, and the, and the accused murderer. Yeah. in the murder, he basically seen his son because, you know what I'm saying? He was basically saying like, you know, you, you, you do everything for him and then they still grow up and, you know, not do anything that you want him to do. And then he was talking about how his son had ended up, you know what I'm saying, like standing up to him. And then you seen the the one uh, the older guy, the older juror who, you know what I'm saying, he kind of had a, a empathy for him. You know what I'm saying? Once he, um, once, you know what I'm saying, he basically thought about it because he was, you know, he was saying like, yo, you know, you don't, you don't want to just, especially after he heard uh, Henry Fonda's point, he was just saying like, you don't want to, um, 
just throw this man's life away, you know what I'm saying, for no reason. We basically need to, you know what I'm saying, really sit and think, like, you know, did he do it or did, you know what I'm saying, didn't he do it? And then, you know, with each character, it was nice to actually see the, like, you know what I'm saying, the ups and downs of each character. You know, you've seen the emotions, you know what I'm saying, you've seen the, the comedy in, in the characters and everything else. So I thought that was very interesting. And the second one, um, which to me uh, stood out the most, is that, you know, to me, this is more so a, a reflection of society. You know, mm-hmm. um, you got 12 people assigned to a jury and then <laughs> each person has something to do. You know, they this is the last time, you know, what I'm saying this is the last one. They about to go into deliberation, make the decision and, you know, do like, yo, let's hurry up and get out of here. I got to go to a baseball game. He not even worried about, you know, what I'm saying the stuff that's going on. He more so trying to get to that baseball game. He's, you know, he over and done with. And then, you know, there's other people in there who actually cared about the trial, who paid attention to the trial, stuff like that. And so, you know what I'm saying? I thought that was very interesting because that's a, a, especially if you've never done jury duty, that's a a point of view that you probably would never get unless you're actually in one of those rooms. Um, Another interesting thing that I thought about was, um, and this is all in the same thing, though, but it was the fact that because of Henry Fonda's character, they actually went through the process of giving him a a, a fair trial and um, what is it called? Due process. Due process, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Giving him a fair trial and due process because now instead of everybody seeing everything and just going back there and saying, ah, well, it seemed like he was guilty and leaving out. You know, you had that one dude that was like, well, you know what I'm saying? We have to be proved. We have to be proven to beyond reasonable doubt, of course. Well, I got some doubt. You know what I'm saying? I seen some, some things that didn't kind of make sense. And so once, and what I did like too, is that he was saying like, well, I'm not trying to convince anybody. He was like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Basically you guys need to be convincing me. And so, you know, once they went through the motions and everything, you know, everybody kind of seen like, well, you know, this this ain't a, you know, saying open and shut case. So, um, yeah, that was it was a very impressive movie, man. As far as the point of view and the, the reflection of how society is. And then what I also liked about it, too, was the older gentleman who had um, who was talking about the immigrants. The, you know, what I'm saying you could tell he was one of those type of guys. And how, you know what I'm saying, you've seen everybody kind of, because he, he did it like three or four times in the, in the movie where he would yeah. say that. Like, you know, they're low down, they do nothing, they're criminals and nothing. And then that final time he did it, you know, everybody started to see him for who he really was. And yeah. they kind of, you know what I'm saying, dispersed and got away from him. And then he started to see how ugly he really sounded. <clears throat> so I, I just thought it was a um, very impressive movie, man. Very thought-provoking. Very thought-provoking. What about you? Man, look, I told you before, this, this is my favorite black-and-white film, man. It, and, and then I think the script was done very well, especially for its time, because to add the race factor in there, to add the the the, the people... And, and also something else I like was the fact that 
Because he was juror. Which juror was he? He was juror. He was juror eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Fonda was. And I like how the just the way that he approached everything. And the way that they was able to 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 flip how do I want to say this? Like he was able to be calm and collected about something when everybody's coming down on you. Exactly. And that's why I said like I don't I don't conversate with a lot of people. But you know what I'm saying we talk it, I mean, you know, as far as pod wise, twice a week, but sometimes we mm-hmm. speak more. Right. And to to speak with someone like you, I was like, yo, I don't know a lot of people, but I said, I believe I know one guy who could take that heat for a minute to be like, yo, I just feel there's 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 something fishy here. Like there's mm-hmm. there's something going on and it's not so clear cut because I don't think that a lot of people can can sit in a room with 11 people and you be the only one that's saying, yo. There's some reasonable doubt here. And everybody's mm-hmm. coming down on you. Everybody's mad at you because everybody wants to leave. Everybody has their single agenda of why they want to leave. And it's like right. to, to sit there and to take that pounding in the beginning and to be able to get one by one by one by one for people to live like I know they'll do that, man. Like to, to, to be able to Y'all, y'all ain't going. Y'all are not going to make me just say guilty because all eleven of y'all are saying guilty. Like I got some doubt. Let's talk this out because there's some holes in the story that we should at least deliberate on. And like you said, at least convince me. And he said, "Yo, I don't know if I'm letting the murderer um, out on the loose, but I do feel like we should at least have the conversation and do the due diligence that we are being paid, but not paid to do. But I mean, basically, you are because you." When you on jury duty, you still get paid from your job. Like that's one of the right. laws. So it's like for for us to be sitting here, we're still getting paid. It's not like we're missing a paycheck or anything. I think that we should do the right thing, especially by sending somebody to the chair, and yeah. and to just go in there and just easily say, "Yo, guilty." And like, yeah, I I just think that the way that they did the script and to also put it to where uh, the last one to flip was juror three. For mm-hmm. him to be able to, because he's having personal issues with his own child, right. because they had an argument, and basically the way he put it, his son basically stood up to him. They had an argument, and the son left. And I'm mm-hmm. guessing his son never came back home. Right. And for him to be like, "Yo, all these teenagers are like this. They're ungrateful. They're bad. You know, all this type shit." And for him to take that personal agenda in there to to, like, can you imagine that? You're on trial for your life, and there's a juror who's bringing some personal shit from home because he got a problem with somebody back at home that he wanted to take that shit out on you. And he's a, and that's supposed to be an unbiased opinion. Yo, to to put that in there, I felt that they did a tremendous job, man. This movie, this movie had. Three it had three Oscar nominations, which you know I'm not no Oscar person, but you know some of y'all may be. Um, but this movie had 17 wins and 13 nominations as far as like all awards. Yeah, as and, and I'm not a 
you know, a rating <laughs> person, but this movie got a 9.0 on IMDb out of 10. It so it this, this movie is, is portrayed that way. And I think that what's great about doing a movie like this and one of the reasons I wanted to do it was to show just how diverse this podcast can be. Because this is we haven't done any black and white films on here. And I just think that the intelligence of this movie and how much this movie still stand up to date. Like they've now remade it a couple of times. But yeah. I don't think that we're gonna get these same type of performances. I think the casting that they did for this was very well, especially for that time. And so what I want to get into just to have a little fun is like the very first thing that they pinpointed on was the knife, right? They was talking about how how unique this knife was. They was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, nobody's going to be able to find another knife like that. And for my man, just to, you know what I'm saying, pull a slick one and just put, like, they asked, they asked the, uh, the bailiff to bring uh, the knife that was in evidence, and my man just slickly pulled it out of his pocket and stuck it on the table. And that and was <laughs> that shit was wild. And they was like, yo, where you get that at? He said, yo, I, I went to where the kids stay. He said, yo, they had this knife at pretty much every pawn shop or whatever store I went to. Now, see, that's what bugged me because in the beginning of it, right, when they was talking about when they had interviewed the pawn dealer, he said that that's the last one they had left. That's the only one of that kind. And then nobody else brought that back up. That's the only thing that bothered me about the movie when, he, when they was talking about that knife. Nobody else brought that back up. Yeah, and it's like he was he was able to prove anybody else could have got access to that knife. They tried mm-hmm. to make it seem like the knife was so unique that nobody else could get their hands on it. Exactly. So he was able to prove that point of like, yo, I was able to get this knife just because I took, and then that's another thing, just to take the measures of, you know what, instead of going home after work tonight, let me let me go by this kid's neighborhood and just just let me just see if I can find this unique knife that they said that nobody could find. Mm-hmm. For somebody to take it that serious, which you should, because this is a person's life on the on the line. So he was able to do that and prove that it wasn't that unique to find that knife. Then the one neighbor below him to say, yo. I heard a scream that I'm going to kill you. And then I heard the body hit the floor. And then not only that, my man got a limp. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he was in his bedroom and he made it to the door. Faster, now, okay. than, the kid, faster than the kid, though. Faster than the kid when the kid was running. But not only that, an L train is passing by. Mm-hmm. But you heard somebody clearly say, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you. And you heard a body hit the floor. When the L okay. train is passing by. Now this is this is something that I want to explain, right? Because I totally felt that. So for anybody who has who who don't understand what the the if you if, especially if you've seen this, if you don't understand the whole purpose of him saying the noise of the train, he wouldn't have been able to hear it. So I lived four blocks down from a railroad crossing Mm -hmm. okay four blocks yeah and i could literally hear the train passing and tooting its horn in my house 
Yeah. And that's four blocks away. So imagine a subway train without the horn, but just a subway train going through next to your house, right? Right there in front right of your next, house. Yeah, right. The, the railroad, like, There's, right beside your window. You, if you cough, you're not going to hear yourself. <laughs> you feel me? I, I mean, no, I mean it. Like, that's how loud yeah. those trains are, bro. So, like, when he said that, I, I felt that in my soul. I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely didn't hear nothing. Or if he did hear something, it, it wasn't coming from that room. Or it wasn't exactly. coming from that apartment. And then he did the whole sliding of the leg thing and be like, ain't no way he could have saw that kid running. Oh, down yeah, that was brilliant. That was that was super brilliant. And then also tie into that point, the lady that lived across mm-hmm. the building, she said that she can see through the last two L trains. So right. which proves for the first witness, it ain't no way in hell you heard because the lady just told us across the street. The lady said that she saw someone being stabbed through the last two trains, the last two cars of the train. So that means it was it happened. So the body had to hit the floor. Yeah. While the train was going by. Right. Then he used the whole glasses point because one 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 man, uh, which was Juror. No, 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 Juror Four, the one that wore glasses. Oh, that's right. Number one was at the head of the table. You're right. And he was like, you know, squeezing his nose. Everybody mm-hmm. knows, you know, with people who have to wear glasses all the time, they oh, get yeah, those yeah, ditches yeah. on their nose. Yeah. And they was like, so it's 10 o'clock at night. You telling me that this lady just, she said she was tossing and turning in bed. Mm-hmm. She ain't got her glasses on. So how the hell could she say, yo, that was that kid? It was like everything that every witness said he was able to fire holes in every single person's story. Mm-hmm. And I think that to be able to get the people to turn one by one the way that he did, it wasn't just by coincidence. It was to be able to put in that reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that what makes this movie so brilliant and also, you know what I'm saying, for the people that, you know, if you're new to this podcast, you know what I'm saying, Scoots Brunson was on the debate team. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I was just like, you know, when I first started, when I first started really thinking about, because like, first of all, it's like, I'm always thinking about the podcast. Like, what what can we do next? What's what's Mm -hmm. an interesting movie that we could do? And then like, every time I would think about 12 Angry Men, I was like, yo, I'm pretty sure he never seen it. But I was like, I know this dude would appreciate this shit because I just feel that you would be one of those guys that could go in there and you could take all of that evidence that you just took and to be mm-hmm. able and it wasn't because juror three was like yo you're taking all the evidence and you twisting and turning like no he's not twisting and turning it he's just showing you yo there is some reasonable doubt that could be proven in here and it was just like and i think that also i think race kind of played a factor because i think that maybe those people was like yo we don't want those immigrants standing in the neighborhood. And you know, one of the jurors grew up in that same neighborhood, and he was an immigrant as well. That I was, think, uh, that, that, I was think that was juror five, 11. if I'm not mistaken. And he, and he was like, uh, he was like, "Yo, the, Im- I, the immigrant was number eleven. Oh, okay, okay, because he was just like, "Yo, like I've been, I've been in that neighborhood." Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The immigrant was number eleven, but it was another guy who grew up in that same neighborhood as that kid was in. Because oh, they yeah, was talking, yeah. 
because they were talking about, oh, well, you know, the people that live over there, you know, they're oh, troublemakers. Yeah, 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 right. and, and he was like, yo, like, listen, man, I grew up over there. He was talking about the knife fight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he was the one that was like, you never stab somebody down. Yeah. He was like, in the in a switch knife, you always go up because you can yeah, do nobody, it quick. Nobody in history has ever used a switch blade like OJ. <laughs> Everybody has always used it like dude in the Michael Jackson bad video. Yes. So, I mean, to be honest with you, man, it's interesting seeing the progression of each character as um, Henry Fonda was juror eight, right? Yes. Yeah, but it was it was interesting seeing the progression of each character as uh, juror eight kind of basically um, showed that you know what I'm saying something was something was off about this case. You know how they broke down how when the lady came in, she you know what I'm saying she kind of dressed a little younger than you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying her her maturity was and and how she had certain you know what I'm saying makeup on you know what I'm saying with the older man you know they broke down how you know what I'm saying his clothes was kind of you know a little raggedy and everything else like that he was just actually happy for the attention to be heard for a change you know um even with the <clears throat> even when they would play out um you know what I'm saying the things that were happening you know when when he asked them you know about the glasses or you know they brought up um they brought up the situation about how he ran out you know saying the, the the murderer ran out the house and then later on tried to come back and clean his handprints off the the knife yeah. what to me I'm like <laughs> That's the that's the thing that to me was was crazy when he said that because I'm like all right now you just this is the longest reach I've you're ever reaching seen. yeah yeah this is this is this is a, a minute bowl reach right here because I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yo if if he went back to clean his fingerprints off the knife why he, why did he just take the knife and then they tried to say ah oh, how he panicked on the press because they was like he couldn't remember any movies that he saw. My thing is, so you kill somebody at ten thirty, you leave, and you go see a movie, and then you come mm-hmm. back to because you remember why you was watching a movie. Now you couldn't remember you know, what you watched. You know that it was three months ago. No, it was three hours. No, oh, oh no, you talking about passed. how long the trial? Yeah, three yeah, months for the trial. Yeah. Three months had passed. Don't nobody remember what happened three months ago, man. Ain't nobody paying that much attention to life. Well, they said that they that the, that the police questioned him at the house when because mm-hmm. when he left and watched the movie, when he came back, the police was there. Yeah, and they said that the police asked him. Ground. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, exactly. That's a good point to bring up because it's like you have an argument with your father, mm-hmm. you leave, you go blow some steam, you go watch a movie, you come back. There's police is everywhere, and they're questioning right. you, and you can look over to the right, and you see your dad on the floor dead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, what movie did you go see? It's like, yo, like, I'm so stressed out. And, done. and then you also got to consider, he was 18 years old. And it's like, he's probably, I mean, that's got to be a traumatic thing to go through. Like, you're not thinking about who was in the movie you just watched? Or, right. Especially back then, because those times was different. Like, we got fucking trailers and all types of shit. It's just like, they just showing a movie. Like, it's not... Like, it, and then... Well, they would have the names, like, usually depending on who it was, they would have the names either in the front of the movie or 
like in credits already like because the, yeah. the credits used to be in front of the movie or they would do it as the movie is playing on yeah and i think that probably walking into the house he mm-hmm. knew but i think that all of that trauma from dealing with that at that time like just being slapped in the face with all of that like yeah i could see how the kid couldn't remember what yeah. he literally just saw like so man like i thought that all of the things that they was able to cover in this movie, man. It was, it it was very, very, very impressive, man. To to really to sit back and watch it, and watch a guy, and I know I'm keep saying it over and over again, but I think people think it's easy. It's not easy when everybody's because remember I said it is it is a uh, well, a great coincidence for us to do, uh, Cocaine Cowboys, the last mm-hmm. documentary we did, you know, not counting, uh, Snowfall. But the last thing we did other than Snowfall where jurors was bought and, right. you know, so you're sitting there thinking about, like, how that whole jury room went into us to be doing a movie that's, you know, basically take place in one room mm-hmm. where they deliberating um, the, the, the trial. And I just think that people, there are a lot of followers in this world. Yeah. There, there, are, there aren't a lot of leaders. And I don't think that it's it's not more easier said than done. I think everybody like oh if 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 I felt like somebody's not guilty, I I prove my case. I don't think a lot of people would do it. I don't think people know well, how difficult that shit really yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's it's not as easy as people think it is. First and foremost, and then like secondly, you know, how many people could have dealt with juror number three? Yeah, you know, juror number I mean? three was wilding. Yeah, like, dude, you know what I'm saying? Dude had to check him, like, yo, you talk to the old man like that again. Like, yo, me and you gonna have at it. Like, relax, my boy. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but just like, you know, and then even the fact of, you know, they getting mad because the votes are switching. Like, it's it's so many different intangibles in this movie of, like, if you put yourself in that room, like, you really have to have the mental capacity to be able to First, keep calm. Second, actually, you know what I'm saying, come up with theories or pay attention enough or have the awareness to find the holes in each, you know what I'm saying, in each uh, witness's testimony, like all that kind of stuff. Like, that's not a that's not an easy thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like people, yeah. people watch a whole movie a whole Batman movie and miss the Easter eggs. So I know if you in a, in a trial, a four day trial, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then I like how they were able to pick how the old man, the old man that was in it, how he was able to, to pick apart the, uh, the one guy, the, the, the person that lived below, the uh, apartment that got murdered, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was Juror Nine. That, that was the old guy. So he's like, "You're eighty or seventy something years old." He was like, "I saw a slit in his coat." Yeah, that's that's and, what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And and he was just like, "Yo!" And then he walked real slow, and he was like, "And you could tell he had a limp, but he was trying to cover up that limp." Right. And he's like, "What what that told me about this guy?" He really ain't got no friends. Nobody really talked to him. He's just the person that's always been ignored. And he was just like, this gave him, basically, this trial gave him attention. 
Like exactly. this was a guy that nobody fucked with. So yeah, he's gonna say some shit mm-hmm. just so people would notice him. Mm-hmm. And I thought to to be able to have the the brain capacity to be like, and I think he was kind of talking about himself too. Definitely because he, he was, was an older he gentleman. Was, he was talking about himself a lot in this movie. Yeah. And I think he understood what that mm-hmm. old gentleman was going through because he was just like, yo, you could tell like this guy, this guy just wants somebody to pay him some attention. Yeah, he just wanted so, a little look. Yeah. So when the police came down there to, to, to question him, it's like, shit, you know what? I heard this, I heard that, I will testify that I saw this. And it's just like to even that's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, th- we're talking murder. Mm-hmm. We're talking murder. This, this kid was 18 years old. He could have he could have got the chair. This dude was up for getting the chair, and you just because you're lonely and you don't have anybody to talk to, and you just want somebody to pay you some attention, and you're gonna make up a damn story saying that this kid said this. And I'm talking this, was the, this is the important thing. They never said that he made it up. This is the very important thing, and this is what I liked about it. He said maybe he believed. He saw him run and you know what I'm saying down the mm-hmm. stairs. So oh, I he saw thought, someone, someone exactly. Run. But but I thought that was important that he, you know what I'm saying, the way he worded things and the way he put things together. Because that was very important, especially talking to them in that setting. Like to be able to say that, like, well, I'm not saying that he didn't do it, and I'm not saying that he did. Maybe he believed he seen him. You know what I'm saying? That's different than saying, Well, I don't think he saw him. I think he's just mm-hmm. saying he saw him. Like, nah, maybe he actually believed he saw him run. It just wasn't him. You know what I'm saying? Two things could be, you know what I'm saying, what it is. So I thought that was very important, especially the way everything was going. And then, like, um, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny when the um, the brand strategist, the marketing guy, you know what I'm saying? He switched over to not guilty. And you know what I'm saying? They basically bully balled him into going yeah, back to guilty. Going back to guilty. Yo, <laughs> I was like, my man, like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? You're the youngest one in there. You can knuckle up with any of them. Like, you're supposed to be standing up for yourself. But it was it was just crazy, man, just to see how. And, and this is why I say, like, I, I, I really like this pick, man, because it's really a reflection of society. I mean, like it, it truly is. And I'm not just talking about the year it came out. I'm talking about in general, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about the habits of people. I'm talking about, oh, it, it's just a reflection of society. Like if you watch this movie, you'll see how at first they all go from basically saying, oh, he's just guilty looking at surface level stuff. Cause that's what we do now. You know what I'm saying? We see a headline and we like, Oh, such and such did. Da, da, da. We don't actually go into the facts, go into the evidence, cross, you know what I'm saying? Cross reference exam. We don't do none of that. We just take everything from the surface. I thought that was a, a, um, a very interesting thing that they added in there. Um, secondly, um, you know what I'm saying? Bringing it up again, them bullying the marketing guy, you know what I mean? Like the fact that he switched over because he actually, he actually agreed with him. Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Now, come to think about it, you know, no, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah, that he might not be guilty. And then they yelling at him and screaming at him. He feel that pressure. He like, you know what? Nah, nah, he, he guilty. I'm tripping. He good. You know what I'm saying? Second guessing yourself. Yeah. That was that was a very important scene because even, even within changing to guilty, he kind of like looked down and like he was 
literally ashamed with itself because they even called him out and said, yo, this dude is over here flip-flopping and, you know, he, he don't know if he's guilty or not guilty. He can't even make his mind up. And I think that within that going on, he's like, what it is, he's ashamed. He was ashamed because he realized, I am a follower. I am only going along with what's popular in the room because I believe the point where he had made the flip-flop was when they was breaking down. Let me see. I think that this was before the glasses. It was before they was talking about the glasses being broke down. It was, oh, it, what it was, when he had asked, when 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 Jura 8, which was Henry Fonda, asked uh, Jura 4 about under distress, like, do you, he was like, what did you do? Oh, man, that was, a, that was great. That was he great. Was like, so he told him everything he did. What you do the night before? And he was like, what you do the night before? And so then what ended up happening, once they got to like the fourth day, you can see, and this is another thing that was great about the script, yo. I don't know if this was if this was planned mm -hmm. or what, but then you start to see a sweat because he was the only one. He didn't sweat, sweat the whole time, yeah. He didn't, yeah, he didn't sweat the whole time because <laughs> they were talking about how hot it was. Yeah. And he didn't sweat the whole time. But once I thought somebody sweat, was gonna bring that up. Yeah, and so then like that one piece of sweat started going on his forehead. Mm -hmm. And but yeah, that that one juror man, like the young the young broker guy, I I think he was just ashamed. He he looked down because he was like, "Yo, I am a follower and I have no backbone." He was like, "I'm he only flipping." He, he didn't add anything. He to me, he was just there to be there. Like he didn't add anything to the damn story. Yeah, he was just to me. He was just like a, and that's why I said like. I think he was intentionally added in, right? His character mm -hmm. was intentionally added in because he technically didn't he technically technically didn't have a part to where he was like, you know, how everybody else was kind of standing up saying something. They had like certain monologues, each of them had a monologue or whatever. So he didn't have any of that, but um I think he was supposed to be basically one of the members of society who Feel the peer pressure, you know. Yeah, and and I think he was just there because it has to be twelve. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. So yeah, man. Because even even the dude that was the leader, Jura One, like he didn't really have too many monologues. Um, he just kind of like basically went along with the shit and was like, okay, let's do the revote. Like he was just the guy to, and and it was just it was just so interesting, man. To to even even when he flipped, because it was just like. Because they did the, the first thing they did was they get they have everybody to raise their hand for a guilty not guilty. Mm -hmm. Then the second time they was like, "Yo, we're gonna do a written ballot where a secret ballot where we ain't gonna know who you know what I'm saying if anybody yeah, changed." Anonymous. So then once they started doing it again, like then they started arguing about how they was doing it and how a person was switching, and then they went through the table because he was the one on juror one. He was the one to make it even. He was the one to make mm -hmm. it six to six. And it was just like the room, like you could just feel like the energy in that room. And I think that made a point to show us. And maybe it was just for that one scene. Even if it was for that one scene, this was brilliant writing 
because they made it a point to say how hot it is in there and how yeah. everybody was sweating except that one dude, Jura 4, was the only mm-hmm. one who did not sweat until Jura 8 started getting into his ass about what he remembered. Right. And he started being, you know what I'm saying, he started being pressed, and then that one piece of sweat started going on his forehead. Dude, I thought that was a brilliant thing to put into that damn screen. Yeah, yeah. And then what I also like, too, is after a while, you know what I'm saying, the rain came in. You know what I'm saying? So now uh, Jura 7 didn't have a reason to leave. You know what I'm saying? So now yeah. he, if you if you notice toward the end of it, he really start paying more attention to it. You know what I'm saying? The fans start working. So everybody sort of calmed down. It wasn't as, you know, saying aggressive and angry. So I mean, like, that's what that's what I mean by like the progressions of this movie. It's so many different, uh, it's so many different progressions in this movie of, you know what I'm saying, each character, and not only that, just the group in general. I just I I felt like it was this was really a great movie, and then the monologues in the, in the movie too were yep. fantastic. You know what I'm saying? Yep. From Jur, what was that? Jur three talking about his son. You know, um, you know, Jur eight. You know what I'm saying? Basically talking about how you know what I'm saying. Basically, we have to be proven beyond reasonable doubt that this is this and it's not, you know, juror one, you know what I'm saying? Going off about being the leader and nobody's actually listening to him. And then after a while, you know, everybody else was just like, nah, man, you're good. You're good. You know, just relax. You know what I'm saying? We're going to follow your lead. And then, you know, juror, uh, who was that? Uh, juror 10 going off, you know what I'm saying? With the, with the whole racist thing. So, I mean, it was, it was, um, it was, it was nice. This is one of those ones I could definitely watch again. Yeah, and then it's also it's it's just one of those movies, like you said, it's it's full of the monologue. There ain't no blowing up, there ain't no ain't no girls in it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody to catch your eye. Like this is one of those movies where you you're sitting there and you're listening to what everybody's saying. Yeah, and you and, feel like you're in the room. Yeah, like it's it's cause it cause it gets intense. Yeah. It get, it get, it gets very intense, man. And and I think that this is a very mature movie. <clears throat> I think that this is one of those movies if if you if you are one of those those watcher movies who don't really like to get anything out of the movies that you're watching or any experiences out of the movie you're watching, then you probably wouldn't fuck with this. But if mm-hmm. you're one of those movie watchers who you really get in depth with the story, you love a good screenplay, and, and you just really love like really really good acting, like these people was pretty much perfectly selected for this movie. Yeah, um, like I mentioned some people about some things that I end up seeing some of these other people in, like I mentioned that in the beginning of the movie. So you might've seen some of these other people and some other stuff, mm-hmm. but like just the way that they picked it. And then man, like a guy, a guy like Henry Fonda, you know, for the people who didn't hear the, the coming soon, um, he is the father of Jane Fonda. You know, Jane Fonda has, I mean, uh, shit. Her IMDb is crazy. crazy. Yeah, crazy. And um, but not only that, man. Just the thing that she did as an activist. Like they got a whole movie about when she, how she was an activist and, and how she kept going to jail. Mm-hmm. How she was fighting for civil rights and women's rights and and all this type of shit like that. And then his his Henry Fonda's granddaughter is Bridget Fonda. Mm-hmm. Now you might have seen Bridget Fonda. Um, she was in uh, the very first, the only good late plastic. I think all the rest yeah. of the late plastic came out was trash. 
they did like good. sci-fi movies. Yeah, the, the first one ended up being good. Betty White was in that joint too. Betty White was the one. <laughs> yeah, Betty White was the peace. one that was she was yeah, rest in peace to her. She was the one that was feeding the big ass down mm-hmm. them alligators. Yeah, because um, there was a, there was uh in her backyard. Yeah, in in her backyard. Then she uh it ended up having ended up having babies, and yep. she ended up feeding the babies, man. So she was like that. She she was fucking that up. But um, she was she was in a lot. Of, I think she was in that one movie. I think it was Replacement Killers. Um, so she ended up having a really good career as well. But um, but the Fonda family, man, when it comes to Hollywood, man, like it's that that that's one of those families that don't really get mentioned a lot. But I think Henry laid down a good foundation. Man, he ended up playing in. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I didn't see a lot of them, but like some of those movies, like you, you, you've heard them, or they at least remade them. You know what I'm saying? Like he was in some movies that was very significant at the time. But, um, but yeah, man, I think that this cast, I think they did a really, really good job on the cast. Um, Henry Fonda was in. Well, you didn't watch it. Uh, he was in the original Roots. They came out in '79. I didn't watch what, but uh, Roots. Oh, uh, did you not? What well, it was the remake of the Roots that you didn't watch, right? You seen the original one? Yeah, with uh, Lavar Burton with, and um and James Earl Jones. Yeah, I seen the original. Yeah, yeah. Everybody seen the original Roots. If you black and you went to a school, you seen Roots. Yeah, Henry Fonda was in that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, but nah, man. Real quick, I, I think, though, I, real quick though. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you out, but they they should have never showed us that movie in school. That was nuts. They showed us that movie in school. Yeah. Now that I think about that, like now that I think back on that, we should have never watched The Roots in school. Okay. So, how do you feel about To Kill a Mockingbird? I have to go back and watch it. But because I, uh, from what I remember, because Samuel L. Jackson is in that, right? No, 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 no. Um, no, I'm thinking the um, that shit old as fuck. But it, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is black and white. It's more than one. Oh well, I mean, if they remade it, I think it, it is. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Go ahead though. Let no, me I only out. seen I only seen the original, and I read the book. Um, yeah. now, that's why I told you I got mistaken. Like now, this this one with the one that where there was a black man on trial, yeah. uh, and he ended up. And I think what it was, if I'm not mistaken, the um, the main character in To Kill a Mockingbird was his lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And um, but they showed us that movie, and we read the book. We had to do both. We had to read the book, and oh. we had to watch it. Oh, okay, what you okay. okay, okay, okay. I'm thinking of something. Else. I'm thinking of. Um, Are you thinking about Time to Kill? Thank you. Man, you don't get your damn ass the fuck up. It's the kill, here. man. It was the kill that got me. But no, to kill a mockingbird, I know what you're talking about. It uh, this is the one with Gregory Peck. Um, okay, so crazy story, right? Okay. Um, also, this is uh, Robert Duvall is in this too, and I know Robert Duvall, right? Because uh, my grandmother had a crush on Robert Duvall. She Let said that was uh, the Godfather. I don't I don't know if it was that. Oh, okay. I just know she said she he was one of the handsomest white men she ever seen. So yeah, <laughs> whatever that means. But uh, <laughs> Dude, he had the George Jefferson back in the in the seventies, my guy. Oh, for sure. That's crazy. 
for sure. But um, Robert Duvall's my dude, though, man. Like, dude was in, he's been in some great fucking movies, bro. Man, we I got two on the docket that he's in that we haven't done yet. Yeah, Colors and The Judge. I got those two in the in the show notes of future movies that got Robert Duvall in it. You want to know my favorite movie Robert Duvall is in? Okay, I'm trying to think of comedies. <laughs> <laughs> you already know it is. Oh, uh, I, I don't know what 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 is it. Kicking and screaming, bro. Kicking and screaming. He played Will hey, Ferrell's hey, dad Will Ferrell. in that movie. Yeah, he played Will Ferrell's dad in that movie. When I tell you, bro, <laughs> hell, that movie, bro. He he did a hell of a job in that movie. That was that's a great fucking movie, bro. He did he did a good job in that. But nah, yeah, my grandmother like she was the, she was really in, in love with Robert Duvall. That's funny. But, I um, fuck with Robert Duvall. But no, yeah, the, To Kill a Mockingbird, my grandma used to watch, like, these type movies, like, black and white joints. Like, remember when mm-hmm. they used to come on, like, um... What, TMC? TMC. I better say AMC, but TMC. She used to watch TMC out of... I mean, TCM out of time. TCM, that's what it is. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used um, to fuck with, uh... Now, TMC okay. is Nipsey Hussle's... What's his name? <laughs> 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 Rest in peace, Nip. But no, yes, um... Sir. But no, one thing I did see, one one thing about this movie too, bro, is that I don't know if it was just me, but this motherfucking movie is shot like Dragnet. Dragnet. Have Elaborate. you ever seen Dragnet? Nah. Okay. So like, if you ever seen like, because once again, like I said, I used to be around my grandparents a lot, both, you know, saying my, both my grandmothers a lot. So my dad's mom, right? Watch like hella westerns. Mm-hmm. That's, she would watch like hella like to this day I watch westerns because of her. But my mom's mom, right? She watched soap operas and like black and white movies and shit. So that's how I know like Dragnet. You know what I'm saying? Like all those old shows and shit like that. <clears throat> I watch because of my grandmother, and my mom's mom. So like Dragnet is like a old like detective black and white show. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so basically, like the way that uh, the way that Twelve Angry Men is shot, it's shot like an old like detective mystery show. Okay. Like the so like when when Henry Fonda is walking to the um, when he's walking to the water cooler, and mm-hmm. everybody else is in the back like talking, you know what I'm saying? Like they talking amongst themselves, and then like he stops, he looks back. And then he, you know, he look off again and he look back and then they got the ding like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that comes from old like detective mystery shows. Yeah, I never I never seen any of those. Like go go back and watch like a couple of them old black and white joints or like them them um like them old um PI private investigator shows and shit like that. I'm telling you, you'll see, you'll see the exact scene I'm talking about. Different character, different set and all that, but it's, it's a certain shot. They'll shoot it, right? They'll slowly zoom in. They'll slowly pan in on his face. Mm -hmm. It's a zoom pan on his face. And then the music go, and it's like a, a, a subtle drone on the piano and then it'll fade off into the next scene. It never fails. It's on every, every, I mean, like, and they did this in every episode. 
But see that was that was the dramatic sound back then. That's, that's like, it was point. it was the, it yeah. was the same. It was the same. It had to be the same cadence, same sound. To, yeah, I'm to telling get you, you. Yeah, it never fails. But it it worked. It worked at the time though. You know what I'm saying? Like it gave you that effect. Like you could see the worry on his face. You could see. You know what I'm saying? He had he kind of had that self doubt in that in in that shot. So like that that definitely helped for the you know what I'm saying for what they needed it to. But I just when I seen that it just made me laugh because I'm like yo this shit is shot like an old murder mystery. <laughs> so how about this? This is another one. That, now this movie got color, but Gone with the Wind. Yo, we watched I that in school. Never yo. watched Gone with the Wind. You never, I oh never wanted God. to watch Gone with the Wind. Yo, I listen, read Gone with the Wind. I'm sorry, bro. I fuck with Gone with the Wind. I hate to say it, but I do. Yo, yo, Scarlett O'Hara. She's alright, but listen. Shit. So I, I, okay. So like, <laughs> it's a select <laughs> few movies, right? That I try to stay away from because, like, the racism in that motherfucker is like so. It's like in your face. It's like hugging the shit out your face. Like that one is one of the ones. Yeah, it's one of the one because of the the now Uncle Washington. You know, rest in peace to my guy. I love my guy. He used to bring up that movie a lot. Because mm-hmm. I forget, I forget. I'm sorry, I forget what her name is. But the, but the, uh, the black lady, like the maid, yeah, the maid yeah. lady, Mammy, Mammy. She mm-hmm. had ended up getting some, uh, some flack for playing that role, mm-hmm. and they was like, yo, because, because she was portraying basically a, a slave that was a maid type of lady, like a yeah. basically a house nigga, basically. No, no, and no. She, she was, she was playing the the Mammy. She that would be. The she was mammy. like the nanny. Yeah. No, 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 no. She was like the the nurse. The the um. She was like a nursing slave. That's what Mammy is. That's a nursing slave. Okay. And he was saying that, and it was like, would you rather get like seven? It was something crazy, like seven dollars a day or seventy five, or something. Basically, what he was saying was, she got paid pretty, you know, pretty handsomely for that time for for playing that role. Oh, and like any nigga that play in a slave movie, do and like, but he was saying that back then she was getting flack from like the black community for for doing it. They all she, we still get them, bro. Yeah, Levar Burton and them was getting flack for Roots. Fucking, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Damon Hinsu probably got flack for doing Amistad, nigga. Uh, the 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 uh, you you tell Checkway dude. He probably got uh flagged for doing twelve years a slave. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though that's supposed to be a biography, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, come on, my nigga, like, okay, we we getting tired of slave movies. Yeah. Hell, Jamie Foxx got flagged for doing Django. Yeah, but it felt like a lot of people was going more after Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, they, Jamie Foxx. And they killed Samuel Jackson too. Yeah, he needed. Which he did, he he did a hell of a job in that movie, bro. He did. He killed that. Um, but now, like, um, but yeah, just also that that movie's going on during the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, Gone with the Wind is proclaimed for number one. It's, it should have never been three hours long. Um, but well, also they gotta let you know you're a nigga. But then at the same time, it was kind of like it just tells you how much the time has changed. Where they almost didn't show this movie in theaters because he said. One line at the end that says, "Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn." Like they was literally about to keep it out the theaters but because they don't, said, I don't care that these motherfuckers had yeah nigga maids yeah 
but the but the what what the movie industry was mad about was because he said I don't give a damn. Man, fuck the movie, industry. and that was at the end of the movie. That was the, la- that was the last line. You want to know another? You want to know another movie that I don't fuck with? And shout out to my boy because I love Morgan Freeman. But Driving Miss Daisy, bro, fuck that movie. Man, listen, you know I've never seen it from from front to end. Nigga, I've always seen like pieces of it. When I seen him, I seen the. I ain't even seen the movie. I just seen the trailer, and that nigga was in there talking like a slave. <laughs> yeah, and Morgan man, Freeman I, don't talk like that. Yeah, I've I've never been a fan of uh, Driving Miss Daisy. I've never seen it all the way through. I never even understood why the movie was even made. I, I don't know, even know why he even agreed said, to do this shit. That nigga said yes on Miss Daisy. I said, oh no, I can't watch that, my boy. I'm cool on yeah. that. Yeah, I never fuck with that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went down a little spell there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, this uh, no, I'm, this I'm was pretty... this was amazing though. This movie was amazing though. Yeah, it definitely was, man. Ready for the flames? Mm-hmm. Yoga fire, yoga flame. All right, so um, listen, man, you got me. I'm not gonna lie, you got me. Four point five. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. I ain't mad I mean, at it. The the way it was shot, I think it was genius to keep it in like like I said, I know it's I know it's other places and settings that they're that they are. So of course it's multi multi scene. But to me, I felt like this was one big ass scene in the movie. That's just how I feel. It feels like one big scene. Um the actors did a great job. It's great to see, it's great to go back and watch movies where monologues were important. Because we don't get a lot of those anymore, um, especially with new actors and everything else. Like uh, the monologue was the shit back in the day. Yep. So you know, um, it, it was good to see, and then multiple monologues at that. So it wasn't just you know um, that one big scene. It was like multiple scenes, and then it's like the tension in the room. You felt that you know what I'm saying the anxiety. You felt that the anger. You know what I'm saying? The the confusion, um, the doubt, you felt all of that, you know what I'm saying, with each character. And I think that it was important for them to have each character be shown in single shot, you know what I'm saying, during certain parts, you know what I mean? And, and even showing, you know what I'm saying, the, the side conversations they were having and stuff like that. So this was a great movie, man, 4.5. Man, I hear you and I raise you. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a five, man. I'm not um, mad at it. This is one of those movies, man. I, I I honestly, I honestly can watch this, just watch it. Like I can just pick it and watch it. I think it's that good. Um, it's a very slept on movie, but like I said, they remade it a few times. If y'all are interested in watching the one that we're talking about, I said it in the beginning. I said it again. It's the 1957 version. I mm. think they remade. I think they remade it at least once or twice, but. I think I really fuck with this one. I never watched any of the remakes. I think it's that good. Like you said, the monologues was important. There ain't no side distractions. There ain't no bombs. There ain't no no women to distract you or anything like that. This is just clean cut to the point. Like they only show you, they show you somebody else winning a case. Um, and then they go to into their courtroom. They show you the kid, they show you the jurors, they show you the judge, and then they in one room. 
and then it shows everybody going their separate ways once it's over. Mm-hmm. I think that this movie is just really, really good for a movie to be in one room, basically, and for the the, the screenplay and the actors to carry it out as well as they did. I gotta give it a five, man. So, but I gotta say before we close it out, man, like I am so glad you fought with this shit, yo. Like oh, I'm telling you, sure, like, bro. like. Like usually, like it, like when I when I make suggestions, I be like, man, man, I, I hope you like it. I hope you like it, especially if you never seen it. I'd be like, I hope you like it. But like this time, I was like, really, like, man, mm-hmm. I really hope he fuck with this shit because yeah. this is like probably obviously this is the most. This got to be the, the the largest difference of type of movies that we've done, right. Like we haven't done no no movie as you know as old as this, where pretty much everybody in in this movie is dead. You know what I'm saying? We just yeah. we ain't, we ain't done rest in peace to all of them, but we ain't done no movies like this, man. So I'm really glad you fucked with this one, man. Yeah, for sure, bro. I'm I'm glad that we got a chance to to watch this one and, and do this one. So you know, maybe we can find another one like this real soon, man. Let's get into this coming soon. Speaking of soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. All right, so we back at it. Um, Next episode, you already know what it is, man. Next episode of Snowfall. Um, We getting into it. It's getting crazy. You know what I'm saying? We seen a fucking tiger last episode. Um, We seen a white man with a dark gun. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We seen uh drive-bys. It was it, it went down. It was going it was going crazy. Um, what you what you think is gonna happen in this next episode, bro? Man, I saw a quick. It was it was one of those things where they were just really kind of talking to Javi. But I think that we we go we're gonna see an escape. Um, I don't know if both of them are gonna make it out. When it comes to Franklin, and uh, and also, I think that we're gonna either see or let me see. We're gonna either see or at least hear about. Freddie, not Freddie, Teddy getting raped. Um, I think that's going to come out in this next scene. <laughs> also, hold I on, think... Hold on, wait a minute. What? Yeah, we're going to see Teddy either getting raped or it's being spoken about how she did. Okay. What? Listen, men can be Teddy raped. got raped? Dude, women can rape men. She can drug them. You know what I'm saying? You know, you you know, you can't control your dick. You know what I'm saying? If she's sitting there fucking with you, you know what I'm saying? That bad boy gonna come up and she gonna get she gonna say what she want, man. Man, let me tell you something about that lady. <laughs> I I honestly don't think she raped him. I think she going to. I think she's gonna try. But I don't I don't I don't think she raped him. 
I feel you. Or, but I, or she just going to do that weird torture sex thing she like. And then just keep jilling off. That's possible. But I think I think I will say this though. The one thing that I can guarantee is that there is going to be a conversation with Black Diamond and Dallas through Jerome and Louie. I hope not. That's gonna be a different one. Because they just pieced it up. So I hope not. I hope that ain't the case. Also, don't forget, um, um, Peaches got HIV. Yes. Let's not forget that. I'm calling that. That's my that's my hot take. I think I called it when he was first coughing. You did. Okay, just making sure. Um so yeah, that's I'm I'm sticking to that one. So um we'll see, man. Next episode, you guys tune in, get ready. Um you know, we're gonna be ready for this one. So uh I think that's all we got, man. Yes, sir. All right. Well, if that's the case, then why don't y'all hit us up on the socials? You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ViewAnonPod. Don't hesitate to interact with us, man. If you think we wrong about something we said, if you if you love something we said, if you simply just want to have a conversation about um, one of the movies or television shows we review, then feel free to hit us up. Or you can hit us up on Facebook at VAPodWatchGroup. Um, also follow me on Twitter at Scoops Bronson and check me out on TikTok at Scoops Bronson TV. Yes, sir, man. Y'all can find me at s.foster8. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you also can catch me at, at 28 minutes or less pod. That's just on IG. Check out the last pod that I put out, episode 78. That is uh, the most slept on, man. I had to do a pod. Speaking on the phenomenal, unprecedented run that's going on with the Alchemist right now, um, mm-hmm. I sat back, I waited, and I waited, and I waited. None of the mainstream wanted to do it, so I said, you know what? I do it myself. Like, this dude run that he's been on had to be spoke about. So sure. I spoke about, you know what I'm saying, my favorite producer, the Alchemist, and what he's been putting in mainly for the last two years, the work that he's been involved with. So go check out that episode if you're interested. Uh, so all major platforms. Yo, him, DJ Premier, Pharrell, Jermaine Dupree, Dr. Dre, and uh, I'm missing somebody. Timberland. Yo, mm-hmm. they've been doing it for a while. Yep, I've been, been doing, doing it. Well, he started. You know, I didn't know he started out as a rapper in '92. He, really? he was in a group. He was in a rap group, and they said that. Um, uh, oh man, who was talking about him? I was just listening to something they were saying that. Uh, oh shit, I forgot who it was, but they talked about how he started as a rapper. He was in a rap group, and they said he had bars. I'm, but I'm then he just, but they say he just, you know, got into producing and stuff. And I didn't know he's been um, Eminem DJ since two thousand five. Wow, I had no idea. But then once I realized that his uh, record label ALC is under shady. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And that's that why, sense. and that's why he fought with the Gazelda boys mm-hmm. because they're on the shady. But I heard that Conway kind of trying to get up out of there. Yeah, trying to get up out of there. But that's not. A, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It's, it's shady is shady. It's starting to seem that way. 
Yeah. Between between the slaughterhouse thing, Gazelda, we still don't know what the hell happened to D twelve. Like Yeah, they just faded away. Yeah, the only the only one that I think stuck around was like who, fifty? But fifty had his own thing. And fifty ain't even doing music no more. No, no, I'm just saying, like he that was you know what I mean, that was that But he was shady aftermath though too. He wasn't just shady. Yeah, true, true. So, I don't know, man. Yeah. That's that's a different one, man. But you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yes, sir. Um. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. It's always greatly appreciated. Until next time, we'll catch you on the next episode. And like they say in Hollywood, that's a wrap. Cut. <laughs>